All right, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, we love Jesus around here, don't we? How many love Jesus today? Big shout out to all of our locations, Elk River, Lakeville, Maple Grove, Springlight Park, and those that are joining online. Hey, this is MLK weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend here in America. And there's actually, it's the only national holiday dedicated to a preacher. I kind of like that uh, on this, uh, this weekend. Um, but one of the things that we are called to be as a church is a house of prayer for all nations. And part of that original heartbeat of God is to see there to be healing amongst people groups in our culture, in our community, and even within families. How many know some of us need reconciliation in our own families? And I believe that as a church that we are meant to be the leading edge of God's change in the earth, that God would use us. And I want to encourage everyone on every one of our locations today, would you just stand with me right now? We're just going to pray on this weekend uh, I have a picture of MLK that I took with my, uh, the memorial in D.C. I took on my own cell phone, on my iPhone, this past September. I went and I watched and I observed and I looked at the memorial and there's a lot of great sayings that are there. And you know what? In any given movement, there's a lot of controversies that erupt and sides pit against one another. But if there's one thing that Jesus is for, he's for people. Amen. And then I'm praying that God would continue to do a miracle in us and in the world around us. And on this particular weekend in the Twin Cities, that God would do amazing things in our communities around us. And of course, we begin 21 days of fasting and prayer tomorrow as a church. And uh, we're going to continue to ask God to continue to move in us. Would you just uh, lift up your hands in prayer, if, as the scripture says, holy hands in prayer. Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, as we come together as a church week after week, Lord, in any given weekend, there's different realities and different people in attendance. But one thing we know we need, we need you. Lord, for people are lost without you. Lord, the human heart is bound toward hatred if we don't have you. And on this particular weekend in America, we pray, oh God, that you would do your next thing your next step of change in our communities, in the hearts of your people. And we pray, especially within our house, that God, that you continue to do a miracle, that you would build us into the house of prayer for all nations you've called us to be, and let the healing flow out of the house of God into the streets. May we be, Lord, change makers on the earth, peacemakers in the earth because of what you do in our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. We're going to go right into our series. The title of it is a brand new series, Eyes on Eternity, Today Matters Forever. Say that with me. Today matters forever. Turn to the person next to you and say, today matters forever. Many of you are hoping that the Vikings win today, so we'll see if that happens or not. And then it can matter forever, at least until next week. <laughs> Last year, Jody and I were blessed to go on a trip of a lifetime to the island of Maui in Hawaii. And uh, many of you may know that I had dreamed of that when I was a little kid, and it seemed like one thing after another had prevented me from going. And then God moved some pieces together where we were able to go and uh, when we got there, um, one of the epic places that we were told to go see was called the Seven Sacred Pools. So Jody and I were in a car, and, uh, and she gets out the GPS, 
And we start driving, and she's my co-pilot, telling me where to turn. And we saw epic waterfalls uh, as on, our, and on the way. We got to pull off and see some of the epic waterfalls. But, but then there was also something that began to happen. There were a lot of twists and turns on this road. And what we didn't realize is that we were on something called the Road to Hana. And the Road to Hana is like this super uh, twisty, turning, perhaps dangerous, notorious 64-mile track of over 600 hairpin turns. And we're crossing bridges and all of those things. And so I'm like twisting and turning. She's like, slow down. I'm like, I can't go any slower. And there's a car on my bumper. And I mean, it was just, it became a long, tense trip just to go that length of time uh, and distance. And so as we were going along, she's got the Apple CarPlay out and it's on the screen. And she's telling me where to go because I'm trying to keep my eyes on the road, and she's kind of let me know what comes up. We eventually made it to our destination on the other side, but then it began to rain, and when the rain fell, then a storm moved in, and as the storm moved in, it was coming down. How many know rain when it comes so fast and so hard, you can't even see the end of your windshield? And we needed to go back that whole 600 turns to get back to the other side of the island, and it was getting dark, and so as we're going along, literally, there's flooding going on. Rocks are falling off the hillside above us. There were trees that fell. And I can't see the, the side of the road. And Jody is shouting out the directions from the car play. It was, I mean, my arms hurt at the end of this. I mean, it was like, turn. She's like, in 200 feet, there's going to be a right-hand turn. And I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. You know, I'm turning like this. And, and uh, you know, it's teamwork at its best. She was shouting the directions at us. Listen, our vision was blinded, so we were required to use GPS. Not at what we saw with our own eyes, but we trusted what the device told us was coming. And as we begin this series, it is vital for all of us to look through the eyes of eternity to reach our dreams. Just like watching or listening to that GPS, everyone can look and listen for the eternal direction that God gives us to make every day matter. And during this series, I want to invite you to begin to go on a journey with me, to go on a journey with your church family, and we're going to do everything we can to help you begin to understand and see with the eyes of eternity. You begin handed one of these participant booklets today, and inside of it, there's a, it's a guide for groups. I want to double dog dare you to start a group or join a group, form a group. It just needs to be two or three people. It doesn't even have to be a whole bunch of people, your friends, your family. And we've provided everything you need to get together to discuss this a little bit deeper. So I'll talk on Sunday morning about some aspects, but then we'll give you a short, about 10 minute video, Jody and I had already put together, and then you're gonna be able to go through some discussion questions. And if you open up on the inside of there, there's a QR code that's the link to all the videos. So literally, I'm releasing to you your option to participate and do it on your own. I'm trusting that you want to grow in your faith, you want to stretch, and you want to become everything that God's called you to be. And then we've also included a bonus aspect to the videos that are on there, that when you gather together and you've done your discussion, if you want to pray together, 
We actually, our worship team did a, a, some recordings for small group worship for you to sit down and just push play and then you can, they'll worship and they'll lead you and the words will be on the screen just like they are on Sunday morning. But wherever you gather together, I would encourage you to jump in to the Eyes on Eternity participant guide is about you gathering with other people. Turn to the person next to you and say, what do you think? <laughs> Maybe the people that are with you in church today are the very people you could pull in to be a part of that. I'm really hoping that you'll jump in on this and I want everyone to get your eyes on eternity. Say it with me, eyes on eternity. So let's get started. Our eyes need to be on God and his perspective is eternal. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says this, so we fix our eyes not on what is what? Seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Eternity is a difficult concept to understand. We get caught up in seeing only the temporary, the windshield in front of us. But the good news is that God has given you an ability to see the eternal. Did you know that? He's given you the ability to see it. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it this way. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time, for he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I'm gonna ask my son, Tim, to bring up something for me. He's got a little prop that I wanna use today. Give it up for Tim. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> There's always help around. Now, I'd like you to think about eternity as this rope, and it goes on and on and on and on, right? And it can be overwhelming when we think about eternity. In fact, if you really understand eternity and you were to think about the scope of your life, your life is that little black piece there on this piece of rope. This is the segment you're in. Now, some of us feel like, man, it's been a long year. And we just started, right? There's already things happening, and it feels like life is dragging on, and it's so long. But in the scope of eternity, this is your whole life. I mean, this is just a moment. This is temporary in comparison to what eternity is. And if you can begin to pull yourself into eternity and recognize God's already planted that understanding in your own head and your own heart, not only can it be a good thing, not a dreadful thing, but it can compel you to live in a different way. It can help you interpret the challenges that you face. Some people face difficulty in their physical body and the pain of, 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 of changes in your body as we age and other things happen or maybe there's an ailment that comes in. And in the middle of that pain, we're believing for complete healing all the way to the end, amen? We just, we, we trust God that he heals. But sometimes we're still stuck in the struggle. It may be helpful to understand that this too shall pass either in this part of our life or in the rest of our life. This is just temporary. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's just temporary. This requires getting our eyes set on eternity. If we don't, 
we randomly chase whatever feels good for the moment. Or we miss out on the vision that God has for us individually, as a family, as a church. The first vision for us that God has is to rescue us. Now, this is the most beautiful part when you think in terms of eternity. In John 3.16, how many have ever heard of that verse before? John 3.16, Jesus is speaking. He says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have what? Eternal life. So Jesus has intervened on our behalf, enabling us to have hope for beyond this life into eternity. It includes this life and it includes the rest of eternity. And if we are rescued and he rescues us from sin and the perishing aspect of it, if we believe, we will begin to see a new vision for the rest of our eternity. Vision is a mental picture of what we're moving toward. Vision is a mental picture of what we're moving toward. Eternal vision can be a powerful thing. Seeing the eternal is really the heartbeat of Christ followers in the church. If we have it, it can affect an entire city or even a nation. It can compel us to do things that we could never imagine on our own. But without that eternal vision, without that eternal eyesight, looking at eternity, as Proverbs 29, 18 says in the English Standard Version, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The King James Version says the people perish. Without vision, people perish. They lose guidance. The Hebrew word is without discipline. Then we live for whatever it is we want to live for. We're not, we don't have purpose to our story. There's no reason to do anything. We just kind of do whatever our appetites tell us. In a sense, when we don't have vision, we become future blind. And the discipline and the purpose can be a sign that our eyes are on eternity. When I look at people who are focused with their life and they are locked in on eternal values and they think about every part of their time, their finances, how they put their relationships together and what they do and what they don't do, those people are disciplined because they have a vision for where they're going. They have a picture in mind of what they're going to do on a daily basis. I want you to think about this. Little kids, when I was a youth pastor, uh, teenagers, one of the things that I loved to do is I used to love to go to the connect groups for our middle school and high school students. And I would just travel around. I always count the number of shoes at the door when I walk in to guess how many people were at, at that connect group. And uh, one thing that I knew is, is that middle school is different than high school. In middle school, they're making the transition from childhood towards an adolescent movement towards adulthood. And uh, in middle school, we just try to keep kids from talking when somebody else is talking. The real basics are there. There are even basics like you should wear deodorant. You should take a shower more than once a week, right? You know, when moms of teenage boys know this to be true, trying to get them to take showers when they're younger is like pulling teeth. They don't get it. They don't know. I took one last week, mom, you know. And yet, the moment little Johnny notices girls, vision 
kicks in. And he's taken three or four showers a day. That's the difference between having vision and not having vision. There's a why to the story. It brings purpose. This week, uh, I attended a funeral. And uh, we don't always like to attend funerals. Uh, Most of you are like me. You don't want to attend a funeral. You get there. But the funeral I went to was from a, a man named Roger Lane. Roger's a great minister. He helped Emmanuel through our Hello Possible capital campaign a few years ago. He was the consultant that came along. He was a minister who had worked in churches, worked with businesses, and he was a mentor. And, and uh, this funeral was like a highlight reel for how to live life with eternal vision because he would spend time with one-on-one with the next generation, and, and then he would spend time coaching people. He coached me through the whole process of, of the Hello Possible journey here at our church. And, I didn't know what to do, and I would ask him questions, and he would generously give me his time, and, and uh, he helped our church raise money for what we needed to do, and many of you are, are the result of that journey. And when I think of somebody like Roger, the most Im- incredible moment happened when it got to the end of the service. Uh, cancer eventually it took his life, and he was in his 70s. But he knew it was coming, and he was ready for the next part of the story, but he had also prepared the next generation for the eternity. And he invested in them, and his grandkids came up on the platform, and they shared their stories of Papa. And as they shared their stories of Papa, they talked about moments of the years previous and decades before, family gatherings, going to the lake together. And they remembered conversations. One grandson talked about a a time when he turned 21 and uh, he was living in another state and his grandpa, his papa, texted him, said, how you doing? Asking him, Where, where's your, your spiritual journey at? And how you, normal everyday life stuff, not just spiritual things. Believed in his grandson. Listen, a person that has eternal eyes thinks beyond the present battles. The capacity not just to think about our life, but the people that we're investing in as well. Roger had eternal vision. Eternal vision is what you invest your effort and time into that outlives you. Eternal vision is what you invest your effort and time into that outlives you. Learning to connect today with forever. So I wanna give you today four things of how to begin building an eternal vision. How can you and I begin to build an eternal vision when we're in the middle of raising toddlers and we just want to make it through today, right? And the craziness of all the things that are going on. But even all of us at any stage can begin to build an eternal vision. Number one, understand the seasons of your personal eternity. Understand it. Think about it. This is something we want to push off, deny, not think about. But the reality is that all of us have different seasons of our personal eternity. The first season is life. You were created in the image of God for a purpose. Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So we're all created for life. And then we have that season of life. But then the next season is death. You die physically physically but not spiritually. 
You will live forever. Turn to the person next to you and say, you will live forever. <laughs> Hebrews 9.27 talks about that. And the scriptures talk about it. it's appointing for everyone to die. Unless we're here or when the rapture comes. Come on, somebody. But death is that next one. Then there's the destination beyond death. You reach your eternal destination of heaven or hell. John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus said, There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? But then he also said in Matthew 23, 33, Snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? I'm not going to go into this today, but you can't unpack that more in the groups as you gather together. But literally, no one talked about hell more than Jesus in the Bible. So you can talk about Jesus is love, God is love, but you can't understand the depth of his love if you don't understand what hell really is. L listen, it's not love if there is no hell. There truly is a hell. And so there are two destinations that are talked about in the scripture. And then beyond that, there's also the resurrection in John chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus said, don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son, and they will what? Rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Then there's, so there's a moment somewhere in eternity, which nobody knows exactly how and when it comes together, but you and I will receive our eternal reward or retribution based on what we did on earth. Everyone's works will be judged. There's some incredible scriptures out there. I'll just point out one. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So there will be a coming judgment. That's not the purpose of my whole message today, but it is important to understand in the context of eternity. And then finally, eternity is that, that, that living on. You will live forever in the presence or the absence of God. It's a real place with real experience that we are gonna be in based on our choices and actions on earth. Matthew 25, 46, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. How to begin building an eternal vision? Number one, understand the seasons of your own personal eternity. And then secondly, fuel your daily actions with eternal belief. It, understand those things, but translate it into your daily. Uh, I, cars today mostly run on gas, are beginning to make some kind of movement towards electricity, of which we're not totally ready for, but there's movement going on. Uh, we have people in our congregation that fix cars, and, uh, and they, they repair them. They're also having to learn a whole new toolkit as there's more and more hybrids and other kinds of technology and the electronics get into the play. But whether it comes from fossil fuels or it comes from electricity or it comes from some other source, hydrogen or something in the future, or it becomes some kind of atom splitting or whatever else that they come up with, I, 
It fuels the journey. So the question that I have for you is, in your eternity, what is fueling your daily life? Is eternity connected to that? Or you're getting your fuel from temporary things. Your life can be fueled by eternity. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Connect your life, your daily, your work, your relationships, your thoughts, your dreams, those things that you do when you get up in the morning, they need to be connected to those things which are eternal. Are they connected to those things? So how to begin building an eternal vision. Number one, understand the seasons of your personal eternity. Two, fuel your daily actions with eternal belief. And number three, chase or store up eternal treasures. How you begin to have that eternal vision, chase or store up eternal treasures. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What do you treasure? What are you seeking? What are you praying for? Jesus linked the treasures and the eternal in heaven to the desires of our heart. How we interpret our daily challenges needs an eternal perspective. What are we searching for? What are we going for? Again, 2 Corinthians 4.18, as I read at the beginning of the message, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last how long? Forever. We need to live for the things that last forever. Now, I don't know, sometimes when I get around people who are, who are good at fixing their eyes on the eternal, I feel a little bit challenged because they aren't as passionate about some of the things that I'm passionate about that are temporary. I'm in, in life, I, I like things, I, I like sports. Some of these things are not gonna be a surprise to you because you already know the things that I like because I preach about them sometimes. And those are not evil. It's not evil to worry. And wor yeah, I don't know, how many are you gonna watch the Vikings game today? You're, you're thinking about that. That's not evil, but it's not eternal either. And it's amazing how our emotions follow what our heart is set upon. So if the Vikings win, Minnesota is happy. But if the Vikings lose, grumbling and complaining, it's the quarterback, it's the coach, it's the refs. We can come up with all kinds of, then all of a sudden we go into following, our emotions follow where our thoughts go. This is something that's really important. If you find yourself living on an up and down roller coaster ride of emotion, you need to back your train up and say, what, have my, what has my mind been focusing on? 
Have I been focusing on temporary things and situations, or am I focusing on eternal things? And even when it comes to difficult trials and tribulations and frustrations, even when it comes to conflict with relationships with other people, let's not get hung up on temporary things. Let's get focused on that which is eternal. And when it comes to our treasure and what we're putting our money and our time and our effort and our thoughts into, man, is there anything more important than the next generation around us? Chasing a career, chasing things. No, there's nothing more important than the kids in your house. There's nothing more important than the people God has called you to invest in. And if you're not one that has a child in your family, listen, God has put you around so many people that will possibly outlive you. So if you can invest in others, invest in things that will outlive you. Can I get an amen to that? And finally, number four, how to begin building an eternal vision. I've already said, understand the seasons of your personal eternity to fuel your daily actions with eternal belief. Three, chase or seek eternal treasures. And number four, don't give up. Endurance has a reward. Don't give up. Endurance has a reward. Second Timothy chapter four, verse six. This is says, for me, my life, Paul says, has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have what? Remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And then Jesus says in Revelation 22, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I want you to consider the how we live in our segment of eternity needs to be thinking about what we're storing up beyond this life. Lord, how can I earn the rewards beyond what I'm living in? So much of our story is wrapped up in what I can get for me now. But the people that have eternal eyesight are not caught up in the temporary. They see the long term. Amen. And church, I'm just saying this as we begin this series. I want you to go on a journey with me to gaining a greater level of eternal eyesight. To not get so caught up in all of the clickbait in the social media world. All of the drama that people are trying to pull us in. Did you know about this? And this is going on. And did you hear about this? And we can begin to follow the temporary and miss out on the eternal. And listen, I just believe that God is going to reward me, if not in this life, in the life to come. And if we look at Hebrews chapter 11, and you read the faith chapter of heroes of faith, they lived for a prize that was beyond this life. They lived for it, and because they did, we benefited from it. 
Every time that I walk the sanctuary on Saturdays in our church and I pray for each of our locations, and I, in my mind's eye, visualize Lakeville, and in my mind's eye, I visualize Elk River, in my mind's eye, I'm visualizing Maple Grove, and then I'm walking in the rows, and I'm visualizing the people that come to different surfaces, services, and, and I think about all of the people that God has drawn to be a part of the people of Emmanuel. I recognize that I am just one part of your eternity. And I recognize God has already been speaking to you and your family. And somebody prayed for you. Somebody lived for you. Somebody mentored you. Somebody invested in you. And they got nothing in return. For me, as I walk and I pray, I recognize there's a guy named Mark Denyes who founded this church with his wife, Shirley. And they walked and prayed. And they believed that God was moving, and he was moving in those days that they led. In some of those days, I had the privilege of serving underneath them for 10 years. And God did great things during those 10 years in our church, and he did great things in me. But I'm also aware now that their prayers outlived them. They were praying in a dimension that was far different than the one we were just living in. The battles that they faced were temporary battles, but their prayers were eternal prayers. They were investing and cultivating in generations beyond them. Both of them are now with Jesus, and we are benefiting from their eternal perspective. You and I can learn to lean in to an eternal perspective in a way that we aren't, yes, we face today's battles, and yes, we make decisions, and yes, God gives us wisdom for our days, but the work we do, the lives we live, will live on into eternity because of our perspective. Your kids, your grandkids, the people you invest in, church, I'm just telling you, if you catch it, it's so much bigger. They can take my body. I could die, but my prayers will outlive this life. The work that I do will make a difference beyond me, and the work you do will have its rewards both here and into eternity. Would you stand with me today, church? Hallelujah. We're just getting started. <laughs> We're just getting started. Thanks for hanging with me. I know that when we start talking about eternal things, it's, uh, it requires you to go places in your mind and your heart and to catch things bigger than you. But I just believe that God is going to do a work in the people of Emmanuel. And if you are in a place right now where you are away from Jesus, I just want you to know today at the end of the service, you're going to get an opportunity to give your life to Christ. And I encourage you, do it now. Do it now while you have a chance. While God is speaking to you, don't push it off. You're like, well, I, I, I'm not good enough yet. No, 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 no. Jesus died for you while you were still a sinner. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. You need to stop, drop your guard, and just say, I receive you, Jesus. We'll give you an opportunity to do that in a few moments. But... Before we do that, I just, I just want to challenge you to open up yourself to the eternal, the dimensions beyond just this moment, for the eyesight of God to become your eyesight, the perspective of God to become your perspective. And church, if you can and you're willing to do it, just close your eyes, but lift your hands to heaven. And just as like you're taking the grip off your own life and you just begin to open up yourself to those things which are eternal. 
And Lord, we come before you and we thank you that you are here, that you are near, and that you are available. Today we ask, oh God, that you would give us eyes to see the unseen. That you give us hearts to understand things beyond the present tense. That you would help us to live in the eternal. And that our hearts would be caught up with what you see. And that we would be submitted to the larger plan, the larger scope and scale of what you want to do in our, in our families. What you want to do in our relationships and what you want to do with those things which you've given us to steward. I pray, oh God, that you would blow our minds wide open, that you would awaken our prayers, that, Lord, we would become bigger. Lord, we would expand in our understanding, and we would vest our hearts, our treasure, in the eternal things. Lord, we thank you for it. And today, Lord, we choose to build our house on that which is eternal, Christ, the solid rock we stand. We stand on those things which are eternal. Lord, when things change around us, we choose to put our feet on the rock, Christ Jesus. When everything else falls away, we know you never change. You are faithful. And thank you for carrying us through everything we've been through. Thank you, God, that you are faithful to continue to do that. I pray, God, that you bring strength to every individual heart, every individual mind. That, Lord, you bring present tense healing and strength. That supernatural power of the Holy Spirit would flow through each and every one of my sisters and my brothers. Today, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.